The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Good evening, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. And you listen to WBCA 102.9 FM again. Listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of my program is called From the Trenches, baby. Observation from the Trenches. From the Trenches of Observation. This is a weekly talk program targeted towards American Black. Again, I disparage no group. I'm against no group. I have no actual grind against anybody. The reason I focus on my group because my group has been totally totally removed from the table. I will legitimate grievances they brought about by the King's Civil Rights Movement has been totally, totally removed from the table. Now people of color, illegal immigrants, everybody occupied a space. Hispanics, everybody taking a space. And we were never made whole by the 1964 Act. Civil Rights Voting, 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 right, voting right act or nothing was not made whole as a group. My topic today, neighbor, is affirmative action. Who did LBJ, Lyndon Bain Johnson, intend that ordinance for? Affirmative action. Who did LBJ, right, attend, intend for, 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 for affirmative action to help? I want to refer you for more information, if you would click on, go to uh, C-SPAN, click on LBJ, Howard University, commission speech in 1955, there LBJ laid out the groundwork that was affirmative action. And he said why he was doing it. He was very, very specific. He wasn't vague. There was no word like minority. He said the reason why he is doing this here, and you can hear him, hear him his own word, he described how the Negroes had been treated in America, how America had failed the Negro based on his treatment. And that they needed, right, some special intervention to get up and be able to move forward. He also said it was because of slavery Centuries of slavery, centuries of slavery, 20 years of slavery, and centuries of Jim Crow. He said that. Hear for yourself. In that speech, he said that. You can see, you can see the film of him at Howard University in 1965 at Howard University giving, the, giving, the, giving his commencement, commencement speech where he laid at the foundation for affirmative for, for action. What you won't hear in that speech, neighbor, this here. He didn't say it was for white women or folks from India or for Asian, be it Japanese, Chinese, Pacific Islanders. He did not say it was for folks who spoke Spanish or Africans or folks for the Caribbean. He said it's for the Negro community. 
And the reason he was very specific was because of centuries of slavery and Jim Crow. So now, the white man's Supreme Court has overturned or gutted out for a vaccine. I'm okay with that. I'll tell you why. Because of the word minority within the law and, and in the regs, it benefited everybody but us when, when you had this large influx of new immigrants from all over the world, Asians, Spanish, Africans, Caribbean, everything. So an ordinance that was initially intended to address the wrongs of America that she perpetrated against the Negro community now gave benefits to everybody but the group who got out there and fought for it, died for it, and bled for it. So I have no problem with from actually being gutted overturned. I really don't. Because when you look at the numbers by the group, I always say we all are black under the black race. That's right. Caribbeans, Africans, etc. But we must also use the word that I've learned from Yvette Carnell, one of the co-founders of the Eidos movement, where they're fighting for reparation and the black agenda. The word black at one time was synonymous with the Negroes. It's just us here. There's two groups here, white people and the Negroes. Now the word black has a different connotation. It now includes folks from Africa, Caribbean, etc. So we get a true measure of where native-born blacks are, Adels, American descent of slaves, really are, you must use a term called de-aggravation. You must, you must break that data down to see specifically where these groups are from. And you will find that many folks, although they are black, we all are part of the black race now. No question about that. But the ordinance came into existence, right, to address the wrong perpetrated on the Negro and allowed and condoned by what? The federal government. But now people can benefit from something that was never intended for them to benefit from, for a vaccine. Now, it's not running that the white man, Supreme Court justice, you can't use race, race as a criteria. But everything that has happened to us was based on what? Racial laws. So how are you going to re redress a grievance based on race if you don't identify the group that you hurt? That you allowed your laws to do something wrong to? And so now, under the, under the banner of blackness, you must have this data, what? De-aggravated. To see exactly are these American-born blacks? Are these Caribbean-born blacks? Caribbean-born blacks? Are these Africans? Who is in that pool? And what you'll find is, more often, right, they're black. They're all part of the black race now. But they're not Adels. They're not American descent of slaves. You got folks benefiting from something that was never intended for them. Same with Asians. Now, you think about from a vaccine. It first came under assault with the Bakke case. Remember the Bakke case in the early 1970s? Where he said, because he applied for, I think, uh, medical school, his contention was 
that I was being denied and you've chosen a less qualified Negro or black American to take my spot. And the term came out reverse discrimination. Remember that? Remember that? So again, from, from inception, a fraction has been under assault. Because anything that might remotely benefit Adels, Americans and the slaves, or black Americans, has always been always been sought with pushback, right? Contempt and disdain. So, and they also started to use these terms when the first came out, these terms, right? Merit, being qualified. Prior to action, those terms were never ever used. Because why? Due to systemic and structural racism, black folks, the Negro community, was automatically locked out and excluded. But the contempt and hate and disdain that was, has always been there for our group, our people, also got these terms. Less qualified. Right? Merit. Remember those terms? Those terms, are, are, they're, throwing, they're throwing around a lot now. Why? Because they wanted to undermine an initiative that LBJ intended to grant the Negro spaces that he or she has been historically locked out of because of racism. And if you listen to LBJ's speech, you know, that he gave it at Howard University in 1965, right? He never used the word merit or being qualified at all. You know why? It was designed to put the Negro in spaces and places that he or she had been historically excluded from. Affirmative action was never based on being qualified or merit or deserving or worthy. To put these people that America had failed, America failed the Negro, to put these people in spaces and places that they had been, they had been thoroughly excluded from. And as far as academics, with Harvard, MIT, Stanford, you name it, to even be in the pool of applicants to be considered, right? SAT school might be a minimum of 1,200, 1,400, just to, be, just to be included. So those applicants are already qualified. They're already qualified. So for Asians or anybody that said, well, gee, I got a 1550. You got a 1490. That don't make you more qualified than me. That don't make you more, you know, deserving more than me. I might have got a 1600, but you got a 1540. That don't make you less deserving than me. Here's the rub, neighbor. Because we had no organization that could fight on our behalf. Could speak boldly on our behalf. They could go, could go back to the original, the original intent that LBJ had for rolling out affirmative action. Why did he, why did he do that? To address a, a historical wrong that the federal government had condoned and allowed to be perpetrated against what? Our community. That's why. Nowhere in that speech, and you can hear it for yourself, does LBJ use the word merit or being qualified, etc. 
he go on to describe the condition that the Negro had been enduring since his time in America. Now, America has failed our community. Failed us. Because of the harsh, inhumane treatment that the federal government allowed us to be subjected to. And so this was a measure, right, to bring some redress to a crime that the federal government had allowed to be perpetrated against our community. A redress. But here's why, like most of those ordinances did not work. Be it a firm of action, be it 1964 Act of Civil Rights, or Voterman Act. It didn't specify who it was for. No specificity. It didn't specify who it was for and why. And he used these vague terms, minority. Anybody now could qualify under that term. People of color. There was no such thing. And black Americans, you do yourself a grave disservice to allow folks to refer to you as people of color. Or to always, when you want to make a claim, a justice claim, if you want something for your group, you have to include the brown people. Brown just got here. And Brown came on their own volition. Folks talk about the Chinese act where they built a railroad. They came on their own. And it was paid. Although very little, it was paid. They came on their own. We are the only group here as Ann Coulter, who's a, who's a far-right-leaning Republican, said, have a, a legitimate grievance against America. Only group. Only group. All the other group here, right, are piggybacking, piggybacking of our experience. And none of them want to be us. None want to experience what we have experienced and endured and persevered the resiliency, resiliency of our people, none of them. But they're piggybacking off our plight, trying to say like, it mirrors the experience of black America. No, it does not. It's a bold-faced lie. It's a bold-faced lie. But we don't have leaders who will say that. Stop trying to piggyback off our experience to get services for your people, your group. Because you ain't with us. You're not with us. Never have, never will be. Use for self. And not denigrating or degrading the Asian community, they epitomizes all these so-called ethnic groups here in America. They are for self, baby. They are out to make sure they and their group can get as much of the wealth of America for they and their people. There is no rainbow coalition, Jesse Jackson. Mel King, Brother Turner, all I, I respect their work. We should have stayed in our own lane. We should have stayed on in our own lane, fighting for our own people, for our own cause, with our own grievance, and trying to be what multiculturalism, rainbow coalition, or progressive. Another misnomer. 
And so now the white man Supreme Court has gutted the last of the policies that King and others fought, bled and died for is now no more. I've been wondering, I'm okay with that. Why, Larry? It wouldn't benefit, it would not benefit us no way. And the, and the biggest benefactor of her action was white women. White women. So why should we be upset with something that was not benefiting the group that LBJ intended for? And I say, don't take my word for it. You can, if you go there, hear the speech, LBJ, commencement speech at Howard University, 1965, hear him his word, his own words. Or, if you, want, if you want to get the hard copy, you can also find it in when white, when when, when the firm action was white. When the firm action was white, all right, you will find the full text of that speech, all right, in that book on page one seventy three. That's right, the full text of LBJ speech that led. And gave rise to from vaccine. And nowhere in there does he mention the word white women, folks from India, China, Japan, South Pacific, Spanish speaking, Caribbean, African. Nowhere in this speech did LBJ mention in those groups. But everybody's benefited from that ordinance. But the group it was intended for, the Negroes. So I got no remorse that's gone. But what I do have a problem with, we got no organization that can stand boldly and firmly and say, wait a minute now. These terms he's throwing around like less qualified, less deserving. All shields your white racism. Because since Baki, you the term reverse discrimination. Come on now. How can you use the word when you own all the resources? You control all the wealth. But I'm going to discriminate against you. And you're going to use a test score as your primary logic as to why I now, I now am discriminating against you. And you know, neighbor, you know. Like if I got a 95, you got a 90, I'm no, I'm no more qualified than you be in a position because even to be considered in that pool, they would call a floor or minimum. It might be 80, it might be 85. As for college, college admission, it might be 1,400 SAT score, it might be 1,250, it might be whatever. But these are all highly qualified candidates that are being considered for these universities at these elite, elite universities. And what's so dis- disingenuous about the, about the Asian community? They're always being used by white folks because well, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't use white folks anymore. Well, it discriminates against the Asians. It was never intended for them. It was never intended for the Asian community. Period. They're about six or maybe seven percent of the population. If memory serves me right, if memory serves me right. They are, they are about 25 or 27% of the applicants that Harvard accepts. So your population is about 6 or 
but you about 24-27% of the applicants that Harvard admit. And because they did not choose you, you got a problem with that? All those folks in that pool are qualified. You're not taking kids from Bunker Hill or RCC or UMass Boston. No disrespect to a fine institution. You're not taking kids from that pool. These are cream of the cream, cream of the cream, cream of the cream students. But they use Asian as what I call a battering ram, right? To dislodge policies or initiatives that was aimed to benefit the Negroes. Because now you are, you are discriminating against the Asians. Well, I say hooray. I'm okay with that. The reason being, it goes to show that Dr. Clark Anderson said, we can't fight all these ethnic groups. We're fighting them all. If you go to any of their web pages, any, any of their website, look at their mission statement. It don't say for people of color. It don't say for American born black. It say for Asian Americans or Hispanic Americans or Caribbean Americans or Nigerian American, or Haitian American. Why, how, how did we, did we become duped into being a savior and the vanguard of all these different ethnic groups? How? Who did that? I'll tell you who did it. After the king was murdered, Brother Jesse started that rainbow coalition. I want to be the, be the rainbow coalition of aggressive people, of progressive people. Here the hidden boss, Mel King. Okay. Brother Turner. He ain't done nothing for the group. He's done nothing to uplift our group. Nothing. Nothing. Because all groups come here, right, to extract as much of the wealth and power out of America for their group, for themselves. There is no group solidarity here. And we made a grave mistake by getting off of our square when King, when King was murdered and trying to include all these folks who might have a grievance. But again, America didn't do it to you. All the folks at the border right now, America did, did not do anything to you. You came here destitute. You came here impoverished. You came here broke. You came here with nothing. America don't owe you anything. It don't owe you anything. Not even opportunity. Not when it comes to its own citizen. I've been blessed to travel. Been to the Caribbean. Been down Central America. Been to Africa. Been to Europe. Been to Egypt. No way in God's hell would a country allow five or six million American-born blacks to invade their space, feed them, clothe them, house them, educate them, give them employment, even circumvent 
citizenship to include them. Nowhere in the world I've been would that happen. I repeat again. Nowhere I've been in the world would a country allow five or ten million American born black to come in there illegally or even legally and just piggyback or jump over their own citizens. Nowhere. Nowhere. But they would feed us, house us, clothe us, provide employment for us, medical, physical, shelter. Nowhere in the world I've been would a country do that but America. Now I'll tell you why she does it. Because after the 1968 riot, the business community made a conscious decision we must replace the Negroes as entry level and cheap labor. We were not beholding and dependent on him or her anymore. LBJ had just passed the 1965 Act of Immigration. Read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. In that law, and both Ted Kennedy and John Kennedy agreed, they signed on. They signed, they signed up on it. These are groups that were never allowed in the country. Because keep in mind now, prior to the 1965 Act of, 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 of Immigration, America was a white man's country, period. These groups could not get into the country. African, put please. Caribbean, are you kidding me? Spanish, huh, please. What's me, India? Huh. These group, look at the 1960 census, I encourage you to, I'm quoting now. According to the 1960, 1960 census, right, the folks in America, right, were white and Negroes. They comprised 99.1% of the population was white and Negroes. These other groups were virtually non-existent. They weren't even here. Once LBJ signed that law, 1965 Immigration Act, and the rise of 68, the business community made a conscious decision. They needed labor. They needed labor. And what better place to find labor than stop at the border? And they have been streaming in since the 1960s. That's why according to the 2020 census, 2020 census, right? 47%, 40, 47 million are black. If you attract out, you know, the African and the Caribbean, about 40 million might be American-born black. But 67 million, 67 million are Spanish-speaking. They are illegal. They are all illegal. Dreamers are illegal. Dreamers are also illegal. Think about think, think, think what you see at the border right now. You seeing a do-over. Think about the rap they told us with Obama. Everybody. These kids came in by, by, by no choice of their own. No choice of their own. White folks, these folks ain't stupid. They know if they come with their children, right? You gonna let them in. You got the same play going on right now at the border. All these millions and millions and millions of illegals bringing their kids. And so, the whole rhetoric of, 
well, due to no fault of their own, it's garbage. Then and now. They all are illegal breaking the law. And all of them right now, right, could have benefited from what? From a vaccine. Because why? They're minorities. They're minorities. Why? One word. No specificity. No specificity. It did not specify who it, who it was for. It didn't specify who it was for and why. So all those folks at the border, right, benefited from from a vaccine. All of them. And one thing I've come to realize, having been blessed to listen to last eight, uh, seven, eight years to Yvette Carnell and Antonio Moore of Eidos, the specificity, specificity matters. Specificity matters. Who is it for? Language matters. Language matters. And I contend that we as a community, Magamore Blacks, we are at square zero. We are back at square zero as a group. Although a few are doing okay, and please don't be deceived, right, by the folks you see who are celebrities or athletes. There are few, 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 few and far between. The very majority of our people, the collective body, is just getting by. If, 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 if that. So when you look at our athletes and entertainers get the impression that they, boy, American born blacks doing okay. Look at them. Big cars, fancy home, nice clothes. Look at them. They're doing okay. It gives a false impression of the group. Group as a whole is not doing well. Never have, never will be. Why? You don't know wealth. Control no resources. And so affirmative action was, was supposedly, right, to start to address that. When it first came out, right, Richard Nixon, right, said, okay, we want to give quotas when it comes to business set aside, right? Eight, 10%, city contract, federal contract, right? Think about it there. Think about how hateful the spirit of white, white, white racism is, how hateful it is. Even the set aside quotas or city contract, federal contract, private contract, 10 to 15%, right? They also found reason to object that. Think about that. 10% of a billion dollars, 10% of a million, of $100 million for the black community only. Think about where we, where we would be if the so-called Supreme Court did not strike that down. Then think about it. And so I contend in the psychology of whiteness is hate and contempt for us as a people. This is my belief now. You come to your own conclusion. It's my belief. And the first action, what was designed, what it was designed to do, according to LBJ, was to put the Negro community members in spaces and places that he or she had been denied historically by American white racism. Think about that. 
And they used, right, as a pawn, the Asian community, right, to gut it. And you can't tell me, you cannot tell me, if an Asian gets 1600 on SAT, and I get 1440 or 1500, he's more qualified than me. He's not. Because these are still highly qualified individuals. To be in that pool, to be in that pool, you must meet a minimum. These are not kids from RCC or Bunker Hill, you know, or UMass Boston. These are the creme of the creme. But we got an organization that pushed back and fight back on our behalf. And I hope and pray as the Adels Foundation movement gets steamed, these young people, that they become such a such of a organization to speak on Adels' behalf only, to speak on our behalf only. Because the NWCP, NWCP, Urban League, the Black Church have failed us. They have failed to be a voice to speak for us only. Because why? They wrapped themselves into a multiculturalism, inclusion, diversity, equity, social justice. These frivolous terms they don't mean squat. They don't mean squat. Why? Wealth and resources don't change hands. Wealth does not change hands. Nor does we show to change hand. So this is just all rhetoric. So until we can develop and produce a different kind of politician who's gonna go down there and stand up and fight for us only, I recommend that you understand America runs on skills. You must be highly skilled to be successful in this country, to be comfortable. You need a certain level of wealth to be comfortable in America. Otherwise you're gonna struggle. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name of our show is called From the Trenches, baby. Observation from the Trenches. You listen to WBCA 102.9. Listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm going to take a little break. Be right back and continue. We're talking about affirmative action. Who did LBJ intended for? It wasn't for the Asians, or for white women or folks from Africa, or Caribbean, or for folks from India, and never, ever compare yourself to these groups. Stop letting folks compare yourself. Look what the Asians did. The folks from India did. They have not experienced and been exposed to what you and I have. And stop letting folks tell me, oh, oh, victim, you being a victim. No, I ain't being a victim. I don't know no Adels member around there crying in his milk about being a victim. They're trying to make it do what it do. He's trying to make it do what it do. So stop letting folks paint this narrative about you. He paints these, these so comparing us to these so-called immigrants. None of them have endured expense what we have. None of them. You can't compare me to folks in India or China or Japan or South America or Caribbean. You can't compare us to them. Stop letting folks run that three cents college, three cents I college on you. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back to continue our dialogue about the reaction. LBJ attended for the Negroes. I'll be back. 
some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, can potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. I'm back, Boston. I'm your host, your host, Larry Higginbottom. And you're listening to WBCA 102.9. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of our program every, every week is called From the Trenches, Baby. Observation from the Trenches. Observation from the Trenches. This is a weekly talk, weekly talk program talking towards American blacks. Again, I disparage no group. I got no action to grind against nobody. I'm not against any group. The reason I focus on my group as a condition out here for the last 20 years providing home-based services of mental health and families. I've gotten to see policies made on high, how to affect folks in the trenches. And those policies have done nothing, nothing to elevate ADOs or American descendant slaves or American-born blacks. Nothing. Because our legitimate grievance has been totally, totally removed off the table and now it's been submerged with people of color, Rainbow Coalition, progressive people. Neighbor, we was never made whole by the policy that, that led to King being murdered. The Sixth Act of Civil Rights didn't make us whole. Affirmative action did not make us whole. Even the so-called the, the act for voting did not make us whole. Why? Let me tell you why. Simple word, specificity, specificity. It did not specify who it was for and why. Which means that anybody and everybody could come under that umbrella and benefit from things that a our folks bled, died, and cried for could been any could benefit anybody, and it has. So my topic today is from action. From action. Who did LBJ intended for? For the Negroes. And for more information, I would refer you to watch his commencement, his commencement speech at Howard University in 1965, where laid out the groundwork for affirmative action. 
he described why he was proposing this here ordinance. He's going to use what? Executive order. He tells you why. Because America had failed our community. It had failed the Negroes. Through centuries of slavery and a century of apartheid Jim Crow, sharecropping, redlining, you know, couldn't, could not participate, could not participate in the New Deal that built the white middle class. Locked out the GI Bill, GI Bill. Locked out all the farming bills that benefited white farmers. Due, due process under law. Everything that whiteness got, our ancestors and our parents, 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 parents was locked out of. That's why he was going to use, right, his power as president, right, to bring forth the ordinance called for action. He did not live to see it worked out because he because the next term he didn't run the next term. The particulars, the language, he didn't see that. So what was intended as a redress for centuries of slavery and Jim Crow actually ended up benefiting white women for the most part. All these new immigrants. You know, anybody who came in here, people of color. You're a minority? Yes, I'm a minority. The Spanish community, the Spanish community, you know, fought tooth and nail not to be not to be viewed as immigrants, but as minorities. They come under this ordinance to get the benefits. And to read more about that, if you read the the making of, of, of uh, Hispanic, the author tells you that. So everybody's piggyback off of our experience, benefited off of our traumatic experience here, but us. And all the research data shows that American born blacks as a community are now a permanent underclass. And by 2053, I believe, economy are saying, they, they are saying that we will be a permanent underclass with no wealth. With no wealth. And I find that very problematic because black Americans have given the most to America. More than any group we've given the most. Yet got nothing back. We fought in every war she ever had, including the war to, to succeed from England. Promised to be free, only to be what? Resubjugated to enslavement. We have been the most loyal and devoted of all these groups here. Yet got nothing in return. Anything that might remotely benefit us or uplift us or start to bring some sunshine is met with contempt, disdain, and hate for us. And so affirmative action was supposedly, was supposed to start to address some of these deep-rooted ills that America has for the Negroes. It failed. It failed because at the end of the day, neighbor, right, language matters. It did not specify who it was for, who it was for, and why. And although in LBJ's speech, Linda Bain Johnson's speech, he specified who it was for and why, the language in the actual law did not specify that. Asian hate bill, Tells you what for, don't it? 
Thank you for your city. It touch you with foot, don't you? All the billion dollars being spent on illegals, it tells you what for. And it's funny and somewhat ironic that white America have no problem spending billion dollars, billion of dollars on illegals. We house them, feed them, clothe them, educate them, give them jobs. We even circumvent citizenship. But anything that might remotely benefit the group that made America into the wealthiest country in the world, that might remotely benefit black Americans, is met with contempt and disdain. Isn't that something? I find it very ironic about that spirit of white racism. I'll do anything for anybody but you. I can provide everything to anybody but you. Anything that might remotely benefit you, I got a problem with it. Don't want to work. Don't want nothing. Criminal. Sorry. Just making babies. You know, being a gangster. Being a thug. They have been denigrating our image since we got here. Since ages to ages to five, the image of black men and women has been denigrated. Degraded. And so anything that might remotely help or uplift our group is always met with pushback, contempt, and disdain. And what's really ironic in my mind that our so-called mouthpiece or political leaders, right, don't have the courage, right, to say this ordinance for Negroes, here's the reason why. Based on the data, I'm proposing this ordinance for them, here's the reason why. They got to always add brown people, other oppressed, oppressed groups. They came here on their own. America did not owe them anything. America did not oppress them. They came here broke. They came here destitute. We're the only group that's been locked out of opportunity because of racial laws. The only group. The only group. But our spineless politician civic leaders, and even ministers, right? Don't have, don't have the courage to say that. I'm everybody. All people. We all American. Opportunity for, every, opportunity for everybody. That nonsense. So we can never get what I call a Marshall Plan, a Marshall Plan aimed at elevating our group only. And if it came out today, a comprehensible Marshall Plan for for American-born blacks are Ados today, it's going to take centuries to write this wrong. It's going to take centuries to write this wrong. So again, I'm not fighting for me. We shouldn't be not fighting for yourself. We're fighting for those who are, yet, who are not even yet born. For our babies. The ones who are not even yet born. That's why we should be pushing back. Acting for a new deal. You know, have you, have you ever played like five card poker? Five card stud, you know, you play poker, you know, something like that. You ever played poker? If you get your cards, you know what I mean? You look at them, right? You look at your cards, right? If they ain't worth nothing, if they're no good, you throw them in. You throw them in. Ain't those American Blacks should throw their hand in. It's been no good since 1865. Been no good for the group. 
So we need to throw it in and ask for a do-over aimed not at black people, but at Ados. Not for the black race, but for Ados. American descendants of slaves. Us. Because all these ordinances that caused King's life, that caused him to be murdered by white racism, right? Benefiting everybody but us. We need specificity. Policies aim at us only. We must not be intimidated or afraid to say that. I got, I got a problem with, 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 with Africans. I got a problem with Caribbeans. But the policies that, was, that King and them fought for and died for has been totally, totally usurped and gutted. Benefit everybody but us. We need our own, our own New Deal. We need our own Marshall Plan. Aim at us only. And, and, and if we had one, comprehensible one, it's going to take centuries to right this wrong. That's okay. That's okay. Because I'm thinking about our children, our grandkids, our great-grand, our great-great-great-great-great-grand. Those are not even conceived yet. They've not even been conceived yet. Must they inherit the same hand that we inherit? Nothing? The answer is no. So the answer is no. If we don't fight for a new deal, we don't get one. And that new deal was supposed to start, was supposed to start with from action. And it, it's benefited everybody but us. And the reason being, the language, we didn't write it. We, we, we were not at the table when, when things were being written. We had no idea why we were not the writers. And one thing I learned about politics that you need to be at the table when things are being drafted to see what's going in there. The language. Because language matters. What's being said matters. The condition matters. Who's going to pay matters. How you going to enforce it matters. All these things matter when it comes to policy. So Dr. King and him had no say-so in their language. There was being supposed to address an issue that LBJ came to realize was caused by the failure of America to include the Negroes into the prosperity of this country. They were not there at the table to draft the legislation. And so now it's gutted. I say, so what? You know, we'll be due. It didn't benefit, it did not benefit us no way. It benefited everybody but us. Isn't it funny the policies that black folks fought for always end up inadvertently benefiting white people? Isn't it something? Think about that. Well, the polls to remedy, right? Racial injectity. Racial injustice always end up benefiting white people. I'll tell you why. They write the ordinance. They write the ordinance. The words are theirs. They are the, they are the architect. So again, if I'm the architect, I'm always going to put stuff in there that's going to benefit me. Always. I'm not stupid. So again, as I close out this segment, I want you to understand 
that no one's coming to save us. In America, rather than capitalism, you must be highly skilled. You must tell your children, you must be highly skilled. It ain't about a job, baby. It ain't about going to college. If you're not highly skilled, you're not going to do well. You're not going to have life in your term or be comfortable in a country that we built into the wealthiest country in the world. Because why? It requires a certain level of wealth to be comfortable out here. If you don't have that, right? If you don't have that, it doesn't matter. You're not going to do well. So until next Wednesday, you know, I want you to be safe. Make sure you drink plenty, plenty of water because it's hot out here, you know. But affirmative action was meant for the Negroes. That's what, that's what LBJ intended for, for the our community only. And it has benefited everybody but us. That's the sad part. But again, I got no problem with it. I got no problem with them gutting it. Because why? It didn't benefit us no way. It would not benefit the group that King and them got and fought, bled, and died for. So again, it's time for us to, to, to realize if we don't fight for a new deal for our people, it ain't coming. The new deal ain't coming. So until next Wednesday, God bless you and be blessed. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.